Freddy from fucking I can't leave this. We do. For <laughs> real. It's also like podcast, the most authentic, most organic podcast out here, baby. Let's go. Oh. Let's go. Man, we are, me and Dylan talked about this. We are in yes, like sir. our, technically are like our third home, the city of San Diego, LA. LA. And then the first, the first one, my real house. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I said this was house like twenty percent. Like, yeah, bro, you're all over the world. <laughs> you know? But to my left, co-host Dylan. You yeah, already know. Yeah, right you see him in the street. Say what's up to him. Give him a shot. You won't see me. You'll see me at home chilling. But okay. <laughs> but we came here for the man to my right that we are blessed to gotten to know for the last couple weeks, months. And we have Jose, better known as your social media guy. Right? Hey. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me, bro. I appreciate you for real. Nah, man. Thank you for letting it's us come here to your office and and getting this content and this conversation out there that really needs to be heard. And I appreciate and it, bro. Thank you, man. How you feeling? Bro, I feel blessed, man. I'm excited you know, to be on the podcast with you. I know we met a couple weeks ago. We were chopping it up, and it just felt super genuine. So you know, now getting to sit down with you guys and just lay it all out. It's gonna be one for the books for sure. It's time, man. And didn't you get with three hours of sleep? I'm, I'm, I need another shot, but I'm good. <laughs> he's ready. He's ready to turn up. Kemi, oh, pour me a shot. Pour me a shot. He's no, gonna be no, like. No, he's gonna be the first. This no. dude pours like a fucking triple, bro. Like how? For real. We, we have a. He's got a heavy hand. Yeah, he does. Uh. We have a triple threat, Jose today. Yo, oh, we have bro. Jose, the oldest one, aka Pepe. Then we have Jose, no way, the trainer. Then we have the social media handler <laughs> over here, Jose. So. Whatever Jose you guys need, yeah. it's here. It's available. But um, man, <clears throat> got options. Let's 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 get right into this, bro. Do we, it, brother. How do you get into social media from the beginning? Beginning. You know, it's interesting because, um, like, from my background, like I would always look at other people uh, being successful, and I would see how they would run their social media. And I was like, damn, that looks dope, right? So I would try to replicate that. So even if you go back on my IG right now, I have content from like maybe 2014, 2013, around there. Huh? Nah, because I want my IG to be like a timeline of my whole progression, you know? So from where I started to where I am, like I removed some like ratchet shit that I don't want on there. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, like basically like all my timeline, like from when I started my mindset, when I started to grow Everything is on. You want to see how you evolved IG. throughout that time? Yeah, I want to. Because there's certain times, like, I'll go back and I'm like, man, during this time, I was struggling with this. Or during this time, this was my transition, you know? It's like a time that I can look back and see where I was in different areas of my life. How, you do, know? You see, how do you see that progression up until right now? 
it's crazy, bro, because um, I was literally having a conversation with uh, one of my team uh, members and I was telling him, like, bro, like, this just shouldn't even be happening for me. You know what I mean? Like, I come from like a super small ranchito. My, I was born here in the U.S., but um, after I was born, we went back to Mexico for about five years. What part? What part? Uh, Michoacan. It's called La Mojonera Michoacan. It's a super small town that nobody knows about. You from Michoacan too? Michoacan. Bro, I swear all the most like... That's where we get along. Bro, there, there you go. Michoacan. City boy, city boy. <laughs> yeah, that's right there. Salvadorian right there. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah, okay. So yes. you beat me to that question. I was like, all right, originally where did you grow up in? Yeah, so it's, it's a place called La Mojonera Michoacan, which not a lot of people know. Even if you're from Michoacan, it's a super small ranchito like in La Sierra that not a lot of people know of. Um, you know, insulation is still cardboard boxes to go to the bathroom is still like a wooden thing that somebody built where it's just like a hole in the ground you sit down and so that's what i come from right so being here where i am at today like it's something that i i would daydream about yeah but i didn't know if it was going to be possible for me you know man so up until what age were you there in michoacan or were you going back and forth (laughs) well i was there uh as soon as i was born went back to mexico uh, so I was there till I was like maybe five or six, and then I came here and just been going kind of back and forth here and there to visit my grandparents. I haven't gone in a minute, but I'm definitely gonna make here it. in the in the city of San Diego. You came or yeah, San Diego, yeah. Oh, so you San Diego baby, San Diego baby for sure. You know, yeah. So yeah. for the people that, because you have for the people that are just tuning in, and if they're tuning in to the version you are right now, mm. they're gonna they're figuring out. Okay, well, he grew up in. Uh, San Diego, Michoacan, but for the OG ones, when you started YouTube and all that mm-hmm. other content, now people are like, yeah, I know where he's from. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because um, one of the most, I used to get a lot of a lot of backlash because I would wear an LA hat, you know, for my people here from San Diego. They would DM me like, you're from San Diego, take that off. Oh, you're from San Diego. Like, why are you worried? Yeah, they take it personal. But it was because I would get a lot of care packages from brands in L.A., uh, right? Okay, okay. So when every time I would rock a hat, it was always L.A. or like... We were... Where did we... Oh, we were in, in downtown. He was wearing a dandy, dandy, dandy hat. hat. I was wearing this a, one. There's literally a D on top, and some guy just came up to me. He's like, Detroit? Detroit? We're like... He's like, hey, you what? from Detroit? I, I, I fuck with that shit. I was like... Yeah. <laughs> Nah, and then nah, bro. <laughs> I'm like, nah. You're like dandy, dandy. <laughs> so shout out, shout out, Danny hats. Shout for, out, Danny hats for, for supporting with the hats. And I was gonna throw on the hat that I bought, but I was like, I've already wore that shit hella times. But <laughs> I, I only have, I only have two dandy hats. Yeah, he, he he gave he, me one a long time ago, and then I, I bought this one. No, no I, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because when we were we had recorded on a Sunday, we went out we went out to eat after for lunch. And I was wearing one of his, I think it was like last year's releases or two years ago. But it's literally the D and it has angel wings. Mm. So it was, a, I think the Dodgers were playing that day. And some girl really came up to me all press like, how are you wearing a Dodger hat and an angel's hat at the same time? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, what does a D and the wing stand for? I'm like, Danny hats. Just so you know, it's Danny hats. She was so hurt. Huh. I don't know why, bro. What are you though? Are you a Dodgers or I'm like hella pressed. I'm like, bro, like, I could tell you I'm so you did that Chivas. So But this is this is about you. So you a lot of people started following you and have been following you 
Because you had a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You started on YouTube. Mm-hmm. How, how long ago? I want to say maybe like during COVID. So it's like two years because we 2020 just started. Well, like two years. Popped yeah. off? Yeah. Yeah. I was very fortunate. Like everything happened in such a weird time. 2022 was like a like a good and a bad thing for me, you know? Like during that time, my business just started taking a hit because my biggest clients were real estate agents and we couldn't do open houses. We couldn't do showings. We couldn't do like the normal stuff because COVID, right? Um, but then during that time, I was like, well, who do I really want to work with? Like, what do I really want to do? And I was like, I want to work with influencers. I want to be an influencer, right? So uh, we developed this like little animation, made it for Benny. Crazy. Not long. Now, like how everything unfolded, it, it feels crazy, but yeah. uh, made it for him. He liked it. He reposted it. And this is when him and Alondra were at their peak. Like, boyfriend they're like people were saying like oh they are a boyfriend and girlfriend they're not um so he showed love he reposted it and then this following day we made another one for his lady alondra she reposted it then i did some work for her for her last brand mm-hmm. and then it just started going from there um you did that for free yeah yeah because i was like because <clears throat> the thing is a lot of times like people want people don't want to do shit for free because they expect something from it right you got to give you got to give without expecting yeah you have to give without expectation and also too it was like you know what like this is something that i get to try and experiment so that now that i can't do traditional business i can do these animations and i can use these to like survive or like you know to make additional income and so when i put it out there like it just happened to work and it changed everything for me you know funny story the first time i ever moved out which was oh yeah (laughs) i think uh couple months prior to COVID, when my son was coming, we moved into the same apartments that uh, Alondra and Elsie mm, were living in. That's and that, crazy. And it was wild because we ran into him like the first week. And I've always been that type of dude that if I know you're a big social media person or I, you're an influencer, I don't want to make you feel any different. Like, mm. you're a person. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you can call us what you what people want, put a label, whatever, but we know we're just people. Yep, 100%. Oh, I didn't come out to you because I didn't know how that, bro, just, just say hi. Yep. That's all it is. Yep. I know we, we got, I jumped a little ahead. I got to apologize. I know I jumped a little ahead. No, no, it's good. But growing up for you, what kind of person were you? Were you always a dude that wanted to be on camera? Were you always a dude that was like, the leader of the pack in the friend group or like, no, complete, complete opposite. I was always very fearful, very intimidated, very timid. Um, yeah, I was just always shy growing up. You seem like a quiet, you seem like a very quiet. Yeah. Like now, cause people see me in front of the camera, like they probably think that I've always been confident. I've always been out there cause of YouTube and stuff like that. But I was actually the complete opposite. Like I was always like, I have really low self-esteem. Um, but, and then I just had to build myself to where I am today, you know? So yeah. Well, what for you, what was that? That flip with that switch that like, I think it, oh man, it was just to the point where I just had hit rock bottom. You know, I didn't have any money in my bank account. I didn't have a car. Um, at that time, my kid's mom, she was the one covering rent. So from there, I was like, never again in my life. Like, am I going to be this low? You know, and that just, just, it was just that flip of a switch of like, never going to be this again, you know? And then it just talking, talking to that part, getting to that rock bottom. It's, the emotion, the feeling, how do you get out of it? Man, it's it's a difficult thing to kind of like uh, put into words just because um, during that time, it's all you know. Everybody around you is struggling. Everybody around you is, you know, has money problems. Everybody around you is struggling. Like, you know, so everybody's just trying to survive. So I didn't really see it 
necessarily as like a bad thing mm-hmm. um until i hit that rock bottom so i'm like I, like there has to be more like it life can't be just this like life can't be just being miserable not doing the things that i want to do not living how i want to live like because a lot of times too like society or even as a culture being mexican they tell you that you shouldn't want more you shouldn't want nice things you shouldn't want money you shouldn't want this because it makes you a bad person mm-hmm. quote unquote right um so I you spend on this why so spend on this yeah so that psychologically kind of puts you like in a cage you know in a cage that you can't step out of because if you do first you're gonna get attacked and criticized by the people that you love the most and then two and then two is like you're going into an unknown world that you have never been to you don't even know if you're gonna be able to survive you understand the struggle mm-hmm. you understand how to survive in that struggle so you want to stay in there right and that's the crazy part uh, one of my clients said this other day, he was like, a lot of us aren't conditioned or know how to thrive when we're doing good, but we know how to survive when we're doing bad. And for me, that was like, oh, shit. Because think about this. If you're if you're going to go into a struggle, yeah. you're like, fuck it. I know I'm going to survive. I have the work ethic. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to do this and this. I know I'll survive. I know I'll be good, right? But how come we don't do that when we're actually doing good? You know, like when you're thriving, like, why can't we have the same work ethic? Why can't we have the same mindset? Why can't we have the same drive? Absolutely. And that's the part that the conditioning comes into play Completely. because we're so used to struggling and uh, working our asses off and over leveraging ourselves that that's all we know. So we revert back to that. You get to that point where everything is working good, flowing good, good money, good health. Everybody's happy. But I think the part that people forget is. Even though everybody's happy, are you happy? Mm. Are you okay? Mm. Are you satisfied with where you're at right now? And perfect transition into masculinity. Mm. Your child's mother is paying rent. You're there rock bottom. How do you ask for help? How do you let people know around you that love you and you love them? Ask for help. Because I know personally, talking about myself and anybody that's watching, if you understand this, that you can be burning and literally got nothing left in the tank and you still won't ask and you'll let yourself burn until I'll figure it out. And sometimes figuring out takes you way longer than if you would have just asked for help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think during that time, like, you know, I think that's something that I'll always be forever grateful with my kid's mom that she was always, she's always believed in me. You know, she's always like supported me, encouraged me, um, everything, you know, that's something that I'll never be able to take away from her. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, I think it actually came from her. She was like, you know, like she was just taking care of us, you know, during that time. And I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing like a little side hustle. So from there, what I did is that I actually, um, I borrowed money from her to start off to buy clothes from eBay and then resell them to the people that I knew in person. So I was making like a little profit. So that kind of gave me that entrepreneurial jump start to be like, Oh shit! People actually are willing to buy this shit. You know what I mean? What kind of clothes? Like girl clothes? Because I knew like girls are the ones that buy clothes left or right. Like a guy doesn't really care. I wore the same shirt fucking two years already. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? These are the same pants for two years ago. No, it's still for me. Yeah. Oh, the first time we came, I do. I bought these pants and they're the same ones, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna start buying girl clothes and then just post them on my Facebook and people will buy them. You know, they'll hit me up like, oh, I want that. That I like. Entrepreneurship, bro. Because even when when that hit, uh, COVID hit, I mean, you're just at home, bro. And people, people like us that are all here, if you're just sitting around, you're just like, damn, what more can I do? Mm-hmm. 
there's more out there for me. What more can I do? And how you said it, we're so conditioned to to just rest. Yep. You need sleep. Relax. It's like nah, fuck. You're gonna that, burn dude. out. Yeah, like hey, you're gonna burn out. You're gonna you're gonna get sick. I'm already sick. Mm. <laughs> what else do I need, bro? Like, what else can I? Yeah, do? and people don't think about that. Stress is actually one of the biggest factors mm-hmm. that affects your health. And one of I if I, I may not be correct, but one of the biggest issues and problems in society right now is money. Mm, 100%. Not enough money. Yep. Money problems and relationships and yourself. How can we print out more money? How can we get more money in the bank account? Well, there's there was a there was a video that popped up. It's like everybody wants millions, but your work ethic is pennies. Mm. So how the hell are you going to get that into your bank account? That's true. Everybody's trying to lower the bar of greatness right now, bro. Bro, we're here in we traveled in two hours, bro. But we know the benefit out of traveling this much. Mm. When other people can't even drive 10 minutes to know, like, that's going to make you this. Mm. Like you said, you say you don't have time right now, but if I told you in an hour you're going to make this much, do you have time now? Yep. You'll figure that shit out. Figure it out. Yep. And it's just investing. And we're here in your office because you invested. Mm. You took the hits. Mm. After getting out of this hole, what kind of person did you become? Were you more vulnerable? Were you more... I was definitely more confident because I feel like that really was just like a switch of like, damn, you aren't what people said you were. You aren't the, the like, cause you, you get bullied in middle school and high school. You know what I mean? So all that went out the fucking window, bro. Like everything that I thought I was because of what people were saying yeah. went out the window. God. You know, I was like, shit, I'm going to prove them wrong. You know what I mean? And that just started like snowballing. And then I went into fitness and fitness just amplified my discipline and it just kept fucking going from there. You know what I mean? It just, it was just like a continuous buildup of confidence that eventually became, you know, to what it is now. Who, who were you striving to be like? Who was that persona, that person that you're like, damn, I want to be like that guy or that person. It's Joseph M. Wanted with the Constitutionalist Politics Tune in for the upcoming episode for May 4, Issue, Never the Issue, as well as guests Peter Serafin, Rosemary Downer, Don Gallade, Gista the Rapper, Cy Young, Jason Perry, and upcoming Jack Hagar, Andrew Thorpe King, Trent Rock, Ed Temple, Chris Morehouse, and more. Please tune in to Constitutionalist Politics. God bless. I don't know, bro. Like, there's people that I look up to and I and I look up to and I see them as like, damn, that's what I want to be. But it always reverts back on me. Mm. You know, I'm never like, I want to be like him. I'm like, I want to be in that position that he is in. You know, it's a big difference. And a lot of times, like, I'll, I'll look up to people and I aspire to be like people in certain things and, and characteristics but at the end of the day it was always me you know it's like i know that i can become that person i know that i could develop myself to be that and that's the biggest reason why i say like so many times people want to lower the bar of greatness because they think that if they lower it and they make everything equal that's going to solve all of your internal problems and it's not yeah. you know that's, it's like that's, that's the thing that's a very big part because if you compare yourself to someone that's extremely bad bro that's why social social media is it's a it's like a gift and a devil. curse because yes, think about devil. this, right? Somebody said this. He's like, before, 
you would be with your girl and then maybe here and there you will see a girl that you're like, oh, wow, she's beautiful. But you will never see her again. Now with social media, you're bombarded every single day with so many options, both for guys and girls. Right. So imagine what that does to the confidence level of a girl, the confidence level of a guy. For a guy, it might be monetary. For a girl, it might be looks and appearances. How do you think people handle that, though? Because I always tell people when, like, people always compare dog, like, oh, well, look, that person has that. Oh, dude, that person has that. Man, fuck that person. Dude, that person is this, that. I'm like, bro, like, yeah. what's going on in here, dog? Bro, something, something in there is broken if you, if you keep doing that. And that's the, that's the part, bro, that people don't realize. Like, you have to look at yourself in the mirror first before you try to go external. You and know. it's not bad to get characteristics or yeah um how do you say this it's not bad it's not bad it's, to it's, compare it, mm-hmm. it's really not bad to compare i don't think compare is the right word i think it's, it's mm-hmm. not bad to relate or want to be in their position like you mm-hmm. said because obviously you're you're striving to be better yourself and mm-hmm. it's you versus you at the end of the day 100 percent. but if someone is in that position and you want to be there that's fine but that's not comparison Comparison mm. is two different things because I think I forgot how they say it, but it's a comparison is the thief of joy. I think that's what mm. they say. So if you can compare this out with someone, yeah, yeah, let's say let's say let, yeah, we're so talking about this. We're talking about this right. a couple of days ago. If someone's on gear, if someone is on trend, if someone's on freaking steroids, <laughs> and you compare yourself yeah. to them, and you're natty as fuck, you're never gonna be you're never happy yeah. with yourself because yeah. he's yeah. on something that you're yeah. not. This I think this is where we have like our balances because. When he said that, I was like, "You gotta, you gotta really think about it." Those dudes that are really on there, they're doing whatever it takes to make their dream, or their reality. passion. Like they got no plan B, dog. There's no plan B. Mm-hmm. People that do that are putting their life on the line, and then there's people that do that just with the quick uh, satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But like the big, the pros, the pros, dog, that are literally having big YouTube channels and they're taking you day by day and they tell you the effects and mm. shit like that. Like, those are those... Like, there's a respect, right? Mm. I cannot believe that you're going to make me millions if you're doing this shit out of a box. Mm. Right? I can't believe that you're going to get me to have a six-pack if you're literally not even taking care of yourself. Facts, yep. It's about perception. 100%. It's about perception. This, we, You just talked about this before on camera. We talked about this with Leo... And we've talked about this ourselves. Like, big people will not take it serious if you're not serious yourself. 100%. Yep. If we were here just with a fucking cell phone or one little camera and, and no, no good audio, I heard this since the beginning. For the people that want to know how to do a podcast, 50% audio, 50% visual. Mm. You cannot have one, like, just only one or the other. You got to have both. Mm. Because the big people that are really doing it, that have, found, that have the funds, that have the backup, these are million dollar corporations and businesses that have everything. hundred percent. So you got to put yourself in there. Yep. I don't have that much, but I'm going to compete. Mm. There's only one of us, mm. right? Facts. You can't, you, you can't, can't duplicate. Yeah, us you, can't, yep. you can't, you can only imitate <laughs> us. You can't duplicate. <laughs> yeah, you know facts. what I mean? So for us, it's, it's that bro. Like how Dylan is saying, your comparison will kill you if you let it. Mm. You got to see where you stand, where your position is. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of, I, I agree with a lot of what he said. It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily, um, there's two ways, right? Either you'll compare yourself or you'll aspire to be like. Oh, right? there you go. That's 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 the word I was you looking know? for. I'm like, dude, I was digging in there. <laughs> that, that was a damn bar. word. <laughs> it was a shot. It was a shot, bro. That's IG real. For real. <laughs> nah, but. That one clipped. 
Yeah, yes. so I think that's what it was. You know, like I would aspire to be like certain people that I would see living good and everything. But I never once said, I never once hated on that person for being in a position better than myself, you know? And I think that's a problem with society right now. Like everybody is just trying to that quick fix of like, how can I get there tomorrow? How can I do this? And if I don't have it tomorrow, this person probably is doing something or know something that I don't. I right? think a, a good question I really want to ask you because you've been around really successful people. And in the second part, we'll talk about one of them that just happened about like two weeks ago, mm -hmm. right? But your first time ever being in a room where you're not the top dog, you're not the smartest, you're not the the one everybody want to go see. The main character. What's the feeling? Because you're a backup. You're just yeah. an extra. Honestly, I love it, bro. Because everything that I am today was because I was in that exact same position. I was like, imagine like a like a like a soccer field, right? The coach, the reason why the coach is so important is because he gets to get a perspective that nobody else can that's on the field, right? So when you're on the field, you're pivoting and adjusting based on what's being thrown at you. But when you're on the sidelines, you're seeing like everything, bro. You're seeing everything kind of happen before it actually happens, right? Yeah. So that allowed me to really dial down and and like really just soak up everything you know like a lot of what they say for them it might be common knowledge but for me it's like oh shit like it changes everything for me you know I, I get to kind of like be that fly on the wall on the back and just hearing their whole conversation just unfold and just seeing how oh I can apply this into my business uh, I can do this I can implement this now like oh is that like they're giving me a literally a visual of how of something that I can take and implement into myself and into my business As a persona, as your self-confidence, what does that do to you, though? Like, do you go in there scared, or do you go in there ready to learn? I'm, I go in there ready to learn, bro. Like, ready to learn. I would say that when I first kind of, um, when I first started my career, um, I was working with real estate agents, right? And so I come from, like, just working at a regular, I used to work at a bakery wearing just, like, some sweats and a t-shirt and That shit like that, right? Clocking in, clocking, clocking in, out. clocking out. So when I started uh, being in like the real estate environment, I was seeing them with suits, nice cars, and I was like, "Fuck, this shit is intimidating." Because first, I have nothing to talk about with them. I don't understand real estate. I don't have their problems. I don't have their cars. I don't have their lifestyle. So what the hell am I gonna relate? You know. So during that period, it definitely was a transition period where I had to be really uncomfortable, and I was really intimidated. Now. Knowing how real estate really works and how some people don't really got it like that, but they look like they have it. Now it's like, okay. But during that time that I didn't know any better, it was like, damn, this shit is intimidating as fuck. But now it's like, I want to be intimidated. I want to be the small fish in the big pond because that's what's going to allow me to grow 10x multiple times over in a shorter amount of time than if I was over here trying to figure shit out on my own. So for the people that are scared to get into that type of room because... Everybody's scared of being uncomfortable. Yeah. Everybody's scared to get into something new because, nah, bro, what if it doesn't work out? Yeah. People are tell those people, dog? People are, people are too scared to being seen started at the bottom. And I feel like that's the most beautiful part of the journey, you know, because the success and the money and the things that come with it are not, what, are not what's going to create that internal happiness over time. It's going to be your ability to be able to look back and be like, damn, I was that intimidated kid. Damn, I was like you know, fearful of this, man, I can't believe I used to go through this. You know, that's the beauty of the whole yeah. process. It's not the destination. It's like being able to look back and talk with you and be like, bro, remember when you went through this or bro, remember when I was going through this and I was trying to figure it out or like, you know, I was working at that bakery 
making scrambled eggs, daydreaming about the shit that I do now. That's the beautiful part of the journey, not, you know, the progression. Because this shit, bro, all becomes normal. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Whoa. Whoa. We, we need a shot for that. We Whoa need a shot for that. You just want to take shots. I just want to take shots. Bro, it's like 12 Hey, for the people that are watching this, wherever, whatever city, if you're... Oh, she, yeah, she got. <laughs> She's like, where the good shots? Not nah, because, dude, that is it, bro. Like, if you can't talk about where you started and where you are now, and there's no progression, bro, what the fuck were you doing? Like, yeah, you're not like literally. Like, it has to be something internal. Like, it's not 100%. even external anymore. Mm-mm. It's internal. Everything. You can tell me how to build this. You can tell me how to make this. You can this is this. But if I really don't want to do it, I'm not. It's gonna not gonna, do gonna happen. It. I want to, I can remember clearly and I tell what it, whoever I can invest my time into, yo, when we started this, bro, this was, we were struggling trying to get guests. Mm. We, were, we were struggling to even get two people on or how do we do this? How do we do that? Now it's like, bro, we're so blessed because now a lot of people see the value and want to have conversations. For us, it's like, man, I want to have a conversation with 10 people, yeah. but I can only get one on a time. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So... I tell people, I was like, bro, when this started, there's progressions. The apartment, the house, to downtown, and now traveling. Mm. And it's just like, even coming the first time to San Diego last year, we came on a hunch. Mm. We came on a, man, hopefully he shows up. Hopefully he hits us up today. <laughs> yeah. And it happened, and shit, we planted a seed, and shit, four or five months later, that shit just, boom, blossomed. Yeah, it took off. And we're just like, I tell everybody, bro, like, get out of your comfort zone, bro. You have to. If you're scared about going to this place, try it. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, life really starts, bro, at, like, that end of your comfort. And I know that sounds cliche, and you've probably seen it, like, on a motivational fucking quote on Instagram. But it's the reality. You know, if you don't have the ability to force yourself, and I want to emphasize the word force, because that's what it takes. You know, you're not going to be comfortable going out into your uncomfortable side of life, right? You have to really force yourself to be vulnerable, to be intimidated, to be scared, to like go into an environment that you're not used to, to go into conversations that you don't understand, to go into an environment that you might not be the biggest fish, you know, and and that's where you really thrive. Like success is really built in those uncomfortable moments. It's not built in, you know, oh, look at me, like, you know, me with my friends, like, you know, I'm the most successful one. No, it's not like, fuck that. You know what I mean? It's like, Going into the rooms where you're the smallest person in there, the one that makes the least amount of money, the one that's the worst in shape, the one that's... That's that's a very... I feel like that's a very important thing to put yourself in that position, to be the smallest in the room. Mm -hmm. And I think you said this before, a week ago or so, to not be the smartest in the room. Mm -hmm. Because if you're the smartest in the room, who are you hanging out with? And I'm not saying that you're hanging out with dumb people, just you're hanging out with people that don't have the knowledge with you. Yeah. You know, the only way, just, the only way to do... just not the right people that are going to get you to the next level you're Exactly. To and that's the only way to go is down, bro. Well, and obviously, if you're, if you're the smart person in the room, I mean, if you're the, if you're the non-smartest person in the room, non, you know, most intelligent, knowledgeable, you're going to learn off of them, yeah. bro. And the only way is but you, up. But you got to be ready to learn. Yeah, bro. And that's a beautiful... Bro, like, I swear, bro, I wish bro, I just... come people- on some bullshit, bro, because, <laughs> like, like, we can only talk... Like, if we came here, dog, and then we couldn't come prepared, we weren't serious about our shit... And all we were looking for is just having a good time and party. What value do we add to each other, bro? Mm. I'd rather 
whatever group, whatever area I'm going into that I know I'm getting into, I want to add value. I mm. want you to leave out of that that place, that situation. A better person. A better person. And you may not be liked all the time. Mm. Let's be realistic. You may not you may not be cool with the other person or they might not like how you mm. dress, how you talk, whatever. Just learn something. Whether you take it and try to be similar to what we've been doing mm. or you're taking this and that's not what I want to be. Mm. Learn from me, good or bad, dog. Hundred percent. Because realistically, we're we're not gonna be liked by every single person we run into. Never, bro. Never. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Like it doesn't. You could be the best person in the world. Like it's just never gonna happen. Like that's just how life is. And I feel like if people accepted life more for what it was instead of like trying to like create this fairy tale version of it, they would be a lot happier. So how do you, for you personally, how do you deal with? Because this is, uh, we started this podcast, Mental Health, man. And it's always important for us to bring this up, especially with people in and guests in your position where you're successful, you're really doing it right now, you're making your mark. How do you deal with it becoming too much? Mm. Man, it's like a, entrepreneurship is a roller coaster of emotions, bro. You have really high highs and you can have really low lows, you know. And one of the key things that somebody told me was like, you can never get too, you can never overly celebrate your wins and you can never get too down on your losses, you know. And I take that at heart because it's the reality of it, you know. You got to realize that whatever happens in life, um, it's a lot of uncontrollables, you know. And that doesn't, it doesn't define who you are. If you quit, it'll define who you are. But if you just continue to become better every single day, like eventually you'll get out of it. Eventually you'll, you know, see the end of it. You'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. And a lot of the times I feel like right now with, like, you know, going into like the whole mental health thing, um, especially being a man, like we know that our responsibility is to be a provider. Our responsibility is to like be able to take care of the people that we love and be able to provide a better lifestyle and a living to, you know, those that we uh, protect and love. Yeah. And a lot of times when you don't have the ability to do that or when you go through certain things in life and in entrepreneurship that kind of st- hold you back from being able to do that at the fullest, it does mess you up. You know, I think I went to like a to like a rough patch during like 2020 because of COVID, my, I was on track to like making it one of my best years. And then it just, boom, slept right. Like it got just rug pulled, you know what I mean? And it, it affected me a lot psychologically because it went from like, you know, having so many experiences with my family, going out to trying different things, doing different things, traveling to like being able to barely make ends meet, you know, having to downsize my team, having to let go of my team. So a lot of that was kind of like, it was a lot, you know? So being the provider for my family it was like, I'm not worthy. Like, I'm not, you know, like I'm not capable. I'm not enough. That was, that was the word of, in my mind, I kept replaying, like, not enough, not enough, not enough. I was trying to be the best that I could in business. Like, I was trying to be the best dad. I was trying to be the best husband. I was trying to be all this. And it just never enough during that year, you know? So it was a lot. It was like overwhelming um, until it just kind of started like slowly like exiting out of it, but it was a lot of just little wins, little wins, little wins, just chipping at it every single day, starting to take care of myself, uh, like working out, like little things that would just kind of clear my mind. And eventually I exit out of it. But I feel like a lot of the times right now with the mental health and and I'm not saying like depression and, and all that is a very real thing. Like I don't ever want people to think that I don't take it serious, but I think right now we're in this generation where it's, 
people are now more accepting of saying that you're depressed than to really address the internal thing that's affecting you and putting you in that in that state of mind, right? Yes. It's like if you don't look the way that you look, it shouldn't be like it's okay, this it's, and that. It's because it's so easy for that. There's days where like I just get mad at this too because just because the word is out there and and we're being woke to this type of it's a catchphrase. Thing, like everybody's like, I'm depressed. Well, why are you depressed, bro? Well, because this isn't working out. Mm-hmm. Bro, like go try some, go try yeah, a different like, way to make it. Try something different, or do something different, or you be better. But it's like don't use that as your crutch to why you can't get up and walk. Facts, bro. Don't don't use this word, this phrase, as a reason why you can't run. The people that are that really go through this and suffer it, like you, you will never know that. Mm-hmm. Like you won't know that me or whoever is here. Hey, man, we battle depression and, and self, like just self doubt so much, mm. but we will never let you see this. Mm. I'm never going to let you see this because you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to try to be yeah, better. 100%. And that's the only way I can get out of this. It's because you know that's not where your story ends. Nah, bro. Know? Like, don't, I know that. Let, I know that battle's tough, dog. Yeah, let's plant that seed right now to like everybody that watches. Just know that whatever you're feeling and whatever you're feeling, that's not where your story ends. And if you continue to have that thought in your mind, regardless of how you're feeling right now, like know that, again, that's not how you end. And that's always going to give you the hope to say, all right, I'm going to fight another day. I'm going to yeah. like keep pressing forward. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to experiment something different. And just having that that awareness that that's not your end destination is going to allow for you to continue to keep pushing forward and not giving up. Because eventually you will turn. Things will turn and you're going to be out of it and be like, damn, I can't believe I was thinking that was going to be it for me. You know, that yeah. was just that was just a character building moment that has taught me to now be able to deal with this different version of myself, this different version of my environment, this different level in business, this different level in just relationships and in everything, you know what I mean? Nice. And a lot of what we go through is really meant to give us the skills that we need to have in order to be able to be that bigger version of ourselves and that better version of ourselves. Yeah, fuck yeah, like me and him and, and these two guys here, like, fuck, we did. Two years ago, we weren't these type of people. Mm. We were building to be, <clears throat> and we were working towards it, but we didn't know the end goal to this. Mm. And in reality, there's never an end goal when you're trying to be better. Facts. You just, you hit progressions. You hit you hit little just, like, if you're running a marathon, you get the, to the water station. Mm-hmm. It's just that, bro, one to the next, the next to get to your finish line. Yep, facts. And that shit just keeps growing. But um, it's wild, man. Every, every, life in general is wild. Yeah, it is. It's going to hit you in every sort of way. And life is meant to <clears throat> knock you down, but it's also meant to give you and show you that, hey, it's beautiful, dog. Yeah, and I feel like if more people were accepting of just the reality of how life is, then they would be confident enough to just keep swinging and keep going, you know? Because like you said earlier, like it's just like a catchword now. It's like, oh, I'm depressed. Like, are you really depressed or are you just going through like a little emotional period of your your life, you know? And it's because, again, like I said, like there's people that really go through like really tough times, depressions. They've really gone through some shit in their life as kids, as teenagers, whatever that case might be, that those are the ones that it's you're understanding, you're empathetic, but even them, they know that they got to keep fighting, you know? But let me fuck you up more though, because you grew up in a rancho. Mm -hmm. How do you even tune into this type of side? Mm. How do you tune into you need help? Yeah. How do you tune into 
Yeah, I'm being not vulnerable. Okay, yeah. yeah, like vulnerability. And it's not it's not only the rancho side, it's the Hispanic side. Of yeah, it. the Hispanic it's side. It's the Sydney's boy side. Is it City boys? <laughs> so boys? I, I, let me paint let me paint it this way, right? Because a lot of the times as men, we think that it's a bad thing to be able to communicate or to express how we feel. But I don't, fuck, I don't know. I don't I want to say like really correctly. We think it's weakness, but the reality is that it's part of us becoming the better version of us as men, right? Mm. Because as men, we have to be effective in knowing how to communicate, effective in knowing how to, you know, lead, um, have all these characteristics, right? And us not being able to communicate effectively about how we feel, regardless of if it might be in that moment, it actually holds us back, right? Because now you're starting to realize, okay, well, maybe... It's my maybe it's my inability to be able to perform because I'm not too disciplined, or maybe it's my inability to be able to not tell my wife how I really feel because of this, you know? Yeah, I literally just finished telling my mom about this because we had a conversation about you know just fathers and shit like that because I I got into a scenario now that where you know I need to provide and and I need more I need I need stability in the sense where I want to be able to wake up whenever I want. And be able to be there more. Mm. But in order to get that type of freedom, you got to make sure your fucking work ethic is there. And everybody wants that type of freedom, but you got nothing to show for it. Mm. And people that have that type of freedom is because they're just nine to fivers. It's not bad, yeah. dog. Do your thing. Whatever works for you best. And that's the hard part, bro, as a dad. Because, um, so a little backstory. When I was in the transition period to becoming what I am now. I was, my daughter was just born, right? My first daughter. Um, I wasn't spending enough time with her because I was having to go to work by five in the morning, probably out by like one. During that time, I was prepping for a fitness competition. So I was coming back, taking maybe like a little nap, um, spending time with her, meal prepping, eating, going to the gym, coming back, study because in the process, I was trying to become a a real estate uh, uh, loan officer, right? So I was getting maybe like two or three hours of sleep per day and people were criticizing me because they were like, your daughter is just born. You're not spending time with her. Like you're crazy. You're this and that. Like, so all that like was just devastating to me because in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to do this for my kids. I already know that in two years, three years, you're going to see the results. But like you judging me right now is just making this shit 10 times harder for me, especially if it comes from like the people that you love the most, you know? Or the people that you should expect the most amount of encouragement because they truly know you, right? It's like if I truly, if I truly know your character, if I know your heart, and I know you're spending less time with your daughter now because I know that two, three, four years down the road, you're trying to give her a better life. I'm not gonna judge you. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna support it because I'd be like, I see what you're doing, right? But the fact that it came from people that knew me the most, who knew my character, who knew my heart, and knew that I loved my daughter, that should fucked me up, you know. And it turned into this aggression that just became like never ending feel for me, you know, realizing that, you know, even the people that you love the most, the people that you care for the most will hurt you like that, bro, just changed my whole perspective in the world. And that just made me relentless and know that I can't, there's nothing in this world that can stop me. Cause I went through it at the hardest times. I lost my brother. My mom tried to commit suicide right after my dad has never really been in my life been criticized and judged by the people that I love the most, the people who I've been the most vulnerable with. So like what external can affect me? Like nothing external can really stop me from progression and being the best version of me because I've gone through the internal aspect of it, you know, and being able to manage the internal 
has allowed me and equipped me to be able to like manage the external how it needs to be. Have you ever wondered what the band ACDC has to do with the missing town of Dublin, Wisconsin? Or who gets to decide what music plays at the end of the world? Or whether or not the largest unsolved art heist in history was actually a cover for a different crime? Maybe you haven't wondered about these things, but that's okay. On 31, we dive into strange, true, but often lesser-known stories and the interesting theories that surround them. From space to sports, lost media to internet lore, 31 has something for everyone. Find 31 on your favorite podcast platform and dive into the why behind the weird with me, Quinn Lovecraft. 31, the why behind the weird. How do you, what's the conversation you have with yourself to continue? Because as as a dad, for the people that are just tuning in that don't know you, you're already dad. Mm-hmm. Dad of two. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things, getting criticized for wanting more. Mm-hmm. Getting criticized for preparing now for later you can get the result. Mm-hmm. We did, I, bro, I just had this conversation with mom yesterday. I was like, damn, bro, like. You know, she was like, I remember you wrote a paper of, I think the topic was, tell me the fun things to do with your dad. And you told me you had nothing to write. Mm. I was like, damn, you're right. Because he wasn't around. Mm. And it wasn't because he was out there doing whatever. He was, he was working, building his business. He was a one, <clears throat> he's a one-man show. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but now I understand. Mm. Now where I'm sitting, yeah. I understand why he was doing that. And then I was like, pay attention. Who did he have as a like a role model a role model to be a dad his dad used to beat his mom mm. used to beat everybody up left them in mexico came over here started a whole new life mm. never was around <clears throat> my dad is the second oldest mm. he's the one that finished uh, university he's the one that got a business he's the one that, that did a lot of things bro and he, and he takes on that role the only other father figure he had was his was his one of his uncles, but other than that, the only thing he was ever taught to was provide, mm. provide for your family, yep. and then there's nothing else. There's nothing else, and I I bring everybody else into it. my my mom's dad, my two uncles, everybody else. I'm like, man, I as I think about me now is like, you got to make sure whatever area you're in, whatever environment you're in, take bits and pieces of what works for you. Mm. To me, to be a dad, to be a role model. I took the work ethic, I took how to take care of your family, mm. and I took the sympathetic part. Yep. That's what works for me. Mm. If you don't like it, it it's on you, bro. Mm-hmm. This is what works for me now. For like this is why this type of conversation for for me and you, it works because we're parents, mm. we're dads. My guys here don't know if they're dead. <laughs> I still try to nah, figure I'm it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> I was gonna say something. I'm gonna if you're send you in LA and someone looks like Dylan. He's wearing a dandy hat. <laughs> she she threw up that plan B, you know. I'm, nah, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Nah. But no, no, no. It's that, and even me and him have conversations about his dad, and and there's so much shit, bro. If you're you got to be blind and deaf in order to not really hear what's going on mm-hmm. in, in around you. Talking to that same person you are now mm-hmm. to the one you were before. How do you handle noise? That much noise where you could have you could have fucking quit. Mm-hmm. You could have not been this. You could have not been here. You could have just you know what fuck it is what it is. I, at the end of the day, bro, it's like you gotta know who you are. 
you know, like off the cameras, off of social media. Like if you know who you are, like that's really all that matters. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's like um, funny story when, well, not funny story, right? But <laughs> like when me and my kid's mom split up, everybody was coming at me because like obviously the majority of our supporters were female. So obviously females are going to stick to the female side, right? Yeah. So everybody was like, he probably cheated on her. He probably did this and this. Because during that time I was working with like a bunch of influencers, right? So she would always get messages like, like, do you, how do you feel about him working with like half naked women or like have this and that or girls who have BBLs and this and that. And she was, she never had a problem with it, you know, like it was never like, cause she knew who I was, right? Yeah. I never hid my phone away from her. I never was sneaky. None of that shit, you know, for me, my family has, had always been my end goal, right? Cause I grew up from a broken family. So when I got my family, I was like, I need to protect this. Like, this is everything that I've ever wanted, you know? And uh, so when we split up, everybody was coming for me, bro. Like, everybody. Like, drama channel videos, doing videos saying that Fuck I was probably dating so-and-so, this and that. Um, girls were sending crazy DMs to her, bro. Like, oh, like, I knew it. He probably did this and this, like, or with so-and-so. And just a bunch of, like, crazy shit, you know? Like, people were even saying, like, even after we addressed the reason why we, we split up, people were like, he's probably paying her to not to say anything. And I'm like, bro, like, you know? But at the end of the day, it's like, she always, like, um... She, All right, we're all good. So I, so I think that's... It's like it's like one of the hardest things, you know, that you, that you go through as, like, a dad, you know? Like, how he was saying, like, you always... You know why you're doing it, right? You're not just taking time away from your kids to not be with them right there's always a long-term goal there's always a, a sacrifice and the purpose as to why you're doing it right and a lot of times like for me personally like i'll get dms like when are you with your kids or you're always out working like how much time do you really spend with them and this and that and obviously it hurts you know what i mean because as a dad like i know that i'm trying to do this to provide but at the same time i know that i'm missing on like key moments in their life right yeah you know so like even my son like i've probably been the least amount of time with him um, and it hurts, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need people to remind me every single day of like, you know, but I know why I'm doing it, you know? And, yeah. but I think one of the beautiful things about it though, is that there's always like a backside of the real aspect of it. Like, forget about the social media aspect, forget about the spotlight aspect. But, you know, like my kid's mom sent me this yesterday. She was like, cause I'm prepping a birthday party for my son and, you know, we, we, the first year we kind of did it together. So we were just did like a one party, but like this, I don't know why, like, I'm just like, I want my son to have his own day, you know, like, yes, maybe two, three, four, five years or my kids want to have a party together. We'll do it together. But I want my son to have his own day. I want him to know he's special, you know? And so I've been like getting everything organized, you know, I got the girl, the jumper, a woody character. I have a, I rented, uh, I paid a guy to bring his horse and a pony so that my son, you know, it's like, he's getting the whole experience you know and then she sent me a message like i really want to say that i really appreciate you um doing his birthday party for aiden i know he's your son and you love him and you will do anything to see them happy but i'm really appreciate appreciative that you invest in their happiness you work so hard for them and to give them the best possible and i will always be thankful and grateful for you with that i know to you it seems only rational but trust me not all parents are like that so i just wanted to say thank you and i appreciate you as a dad you know, and that's how does that make you feel, bro? Though? That's so. I know me too. I'm like, fuck, I'm trying I'm ready. to cry right now, bro. bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I don't have a kid, and I'm like trying not to cry right now. Yeah. That's a that's a part, bro, that people don't see. You know what I mean? Like, I think you know, um, 
everything that you, that we do as like parents, like forget the entrepreneurship, the money, the lifestyle, this and that. Like I know for me personally in my heart that I do things for my kids. And even though outside looking in, it might be like, man, I'm not spending time with them. I'm missing out on, on moments with them. But I know that when they really need me, I'm going to be there, mm. you know? And when people say like, well, when they're young, that's when they really need you. I agree. But at the same time, those are moments that they're not going to remember. It's more for us than any than anybody else, you know. And yeah. when my kids are going through their teenager years, when they're when they're having to worry about being picked on, their insecurities, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the this, this, and this, the necessities. I needed money for a field trip. That's when I'm really going to show up. That's yeah. when everything that I worked hard for now is going to show up. Every single key moment that's going to matter, that's going to shape their confidence, their their ability, their willingness to be the best version of themselves is going to be then. It's not now, you know? And a lot of the times, like, yes, I feel sad sometimes when I'm not with them, but I know that I'm going to be the dad that I want to be to them when they're at that stage so of their life. We we said this earlier, and I think it was off camera, but no, it was actually, yeah, I think it was just in our messages. Like, this, this video, this episode, this podcast will be here forever, right? So when your kids get older and they're watching this and they're looking at their dad talk about the his journey, mm. if there's one thing you can tell them right now, what would that be? How do I say this without crying? I'll um, cry with you, bro. I'm trying to cry. <clears throat> I'll cry with you. I've, I've been trying to cry for two days and I can't. Join us each week on the Well Beyond Medicine podcast as we explore the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. Listen and subscribe at NemoursWellBeyond.org, where you'll hear pediatric experts, researchers, and policymakers from around the world discussing ways they are revolutionizing children's health. I'm your host, Carol Vassar. Let's go. Like, I think I just want them to know that, like, that at every step of the way, like, I was. Talking to them, bro. Talking to them. Like, if they're here right now, talking to them, bro. Yeah, if you want, call your your kid, bro. I'm down. Like, I just just want, like, you know, you to know that every step of the way, like, I always, like, just had you in mind, you know, like. When I travel, I miss you. <clears throat> like when I'm sleeping before I go to bed, I think of you. When I wake up, I'm thinking about you, like just at all times, you know. But I know that I have to make this sacrifice now to be able to position you and your kids' kids to be able to fully enjoy them, you know. Like I'm willing to sacrifice myself the time that I'm away from you now. Because I know the happiness that it's going to bring you when you're able to spend that time with your kids and not have to worry about money, not have to worry about what things your kids do or don't have or just any other things. So just want you to know that everything that I do now is for you, everything. Like whether it might seem like that or not, whether you might agree with the time that I'm with you or not, like just know that every single step of the way I'm thinking of you, I'm doing it for you. And it 
tears my heart every single fucking day. But at the same time, I know it's a process that I have to go through to really, you know, just change the way that, you know, we've been for generations, you know, and it's, it's where I'm going to, it's either you suffer, you know, being miserable in an environment that you don't want to be in being broke and doing that, or you're going to be miserable during the journey and the process of really building a solid foundation for your next generation, you know? And I think that's one thing that gives me that hope and that peace of mind to know that even though it does hurt, I know that long-term it's going to make sense. I know that long-term they're going to understand and they're going to realize that, damn, my dad was really a badass, you know, because he was willing to sacrifice everything, him, his internal peace, his mentality, his mind, everything to be able to provide for us and, you know, for my kids. Cause like, I'm not just thinking about myself. I'm thinking about my grandchildren. I'm thinking about my grandchildren. I'm trying, yeah. I'm thinking about their experience of life. I really want them to experience life. You know, I don't want them yeah. to realize that life isn't just meant to be paying bills and having to work. It's really traveling, enjoying, experiencing, yeah. experimenting different things, you know, and that's what always gives me that peace of mind to know that I know they're going to have that moment, you know? God damn. Yes, yes. And and to top it off, like for all those the dads that listen to us, whether you're in a relationship or not, bro, like just know like we understand the struggle that you go through. And if your dad understand this also that your effort, your courage, your determination to provide for your family and your loved ones does not go unnoticed. You may not get the love and the appreciation that you may want. But just know people out there see it, man. And I, like I wanna I wanna say I wanna put something into context right now. Run it. There's different shapes and forms of love. Mm. You know? For a mom, it could be maybe a hug, a kiss, and affection. I think for me as a father, my love language is to like sacrifice my mental peace, sacrifice my comfort, sacrifice my internal peace to be able to know that I'm gonna be able to provide for my kids whenever they need it. And that's my form of, of sharing love. And I, I don't think a lot of men or just people in general share that. You know, a lot of times we don't have the ability to be able to communicate as to why we do things. We just say, accept it. And that's what, it, just know that I love you. I, I don't know how to tell you why or how, but just know that I love you. But I think for me as a dad, I've realized and I came to the conclusion that my form of love to my children is to sacrifice my mental peace, everything that hurts me to make sure that they're going to be okay for the rest of their life. You, know? you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man, it, it's, it's spot on because there's sometimes you cannot put things into words. Mm-hmm. You cannot put emotions. You cannot put feelings into words because you cannot find the most perfect word to put it out there. Just know, like, it's you. It's always been you, right? And, you know, as 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 parents as people that take care of other people that like man there's so much shit dog and i'm I'm glad we put this on camera because if you're if you're into social media podcasting whatever it is just know there's always bigger conversations happening yeah some things can't get put on and some things can't get put on yeah but we're here for the biggest picture which is shining light on yourself because man i gotta give you the flowers you went from not being there, not being able to provide, being a dad, finding your purpose, losing losing your your journey into 
now maneuvering into your new one and you're thriving and you you said it to us when you when we walked in i'm on a whole new level like i'm just i'm my my mind is in tunnel vision you're in social media you're running social media you're being around big names one of the biggest names that i feel like if anybody knows and is into this motivational stuff is grand cardone mm-hmm. like you're in the room. these in these rooms why social media? Why why get into this type of field context and how do you maneuver into being successful? You know, I think social media just really allows um it's like a it's like a it's like a form of cheating, if you will. Mm. It's like a shortcut, you know? And the reason why I say that is because when I first started getting into like motivation and all that, I didn't have the money to pay for a coach. I didn't have the money to pay for a mentorship. But the people that I would follow on social media were my mentors. There were certain little things that they would say that I would take it to heart and run with it. Put it all together. And, yeah, and just grow and 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 build, right? And then it just and then I came to the conclusion that social media has really allowed me to get to where I want to get in a shorter amount of time because you're able to build relationships. You might not be able to know them directly, but because of social media, you build sort of sort of I mean, that's kind of what happened between us, right? Yeah. We didn't really know, but I was like, I fuck with what they got going on. You're like, I like what this guy's got going on. Yeah, that shit was crazy. For the people that don't know, it literally took him doing an episode with the South Made Rancho Cucamonga owner, Mr. Dre. Shout out to Dre. Shout out, Dre. I know you're not here, fool, but I miss you. <laughs> but it took that video, reposting that video, and it was kind of like a plan con mania. I was like, I'm not going to tag him. I'm not going to put the tag on there, the at, but let's see what happens. And yeah, you reached out, and then I think even then we had like at least in a messaging back and forth like an hour to hour conversation. Yep, yep. And it wasn't like two sentences. Thank you, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Oh, like full on fucking paragraphs. Yeah, yep. Like I think that's that's yeah. it, right? Like have, being able to have a full on conversation with whoever you meet, whether yep. they're new or your existing friends. If you can't have that type of conversation with them, mm. what yeah, do you social about? media is such a powerful tool. And again, like you, you get. Out of it, what you put in, Facts. you know, if you want to just be a consumer, then you're going to consume. get consumed. Yeah, because right? you get that talk like, oh, man, I was just on my phone for like two hours. I'm like, that's cool, bro. Like, what'd you do? What'd you get out of it? Yeah, you what'd know? you get out of it? Would you do anything? Did you post? Yeah. Did you get content? Did, like, what is it? Yeah. And I I mean, I just tell everybody now, like, <clears throat> all right, we, what you do for free, we don't do it for free yeah. no more. Yep. And that's the beauty of it, right? You know, I think, um, you know, kind of a little bit of background on me. Like, the first time that I ever really understood the power of social media was, for whatever reason, bro, uh, I share this story often, right? Um, this guy who was a real estate investor in Chicago, like, popped up on my Facebook, right? I didn't wasn't following him. We weren't friends, like, nothing like that. He just popped up on my on my profile, and he was saying, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I'm in a place in my life where I just want to give back. I want to help somebody, this and that. No expectations, and I was like, what do I have to lose? This is before anything, bro. I was working at a bakery, like yeah. nothing, bro. I didn't have anything of value to give to him. And I was like, hey, man, you know, like I'm in this stage of my life. I, I know that I'm capable of more, da, da, da. Like, you know, I've always had a thing for real estate. I read this book and it gave me like that. That man opened the doors for me. He gave me his phone number. He connected me with somebody here in San Diego that can help me and guide me. That's where I interned. Um, and that guy really changed my life, you know? Like, everything that unfolded 
came from him because from there it, it gave me the confidence to be like if this guy sees something in me that I might not fully yet see in myself yeah and I see where he's at like I'm gonna believe him more than I believe myself you know what I mean and then that just escalated to everything that I am now so again the power of social media is so powerful like there's gonna be people on there that are gonna change your life and impact you whether it's with something that they say or if you reach out and they're able to point you in the right direction, like do things without expectation, but know that there are people out there that generally want to do good by others, regardless of, of anything. They don't want anything in return. None of that. This guy never asked me for anything in return. He just like, you're going to repay me by you being successful. Mm. And one of the things that like, I've never said this, right. But I think, I don't know, maybe this year or by next year, like, I want to be able to say, like, I want to be able to fly to Chicago, go to his office without him knowing, and be like, because of you, this is everything that I've built. Like, I own a company because of you. I live in this place because of you. I provide this because of you. Like, you open doors. He opened it, the door it takes, it takes that one person to be like, bro, I believe in you more than you believe in you, but really? I just need you to realize yeah. this at one point. And, and it's about helping Hundred percent helping others without expecting anything in return. He helped you without even giving it. Maybe not even giving a shit of what you were going to give back. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, well, let's see where this goes. Yeah. And sometimes you do that. You you take a chance blindly and hope hope for the best. Hundred percent. I feel like that's the best, bro. Yeah. Because if you're doing something and expect something in return, you're not doing it for good reasons. You're doing mm. it for your own benefit and yeah. stuff. You get let down for sure. And. 100%. You have that expectation. All right, I'm going to give this dude a chance and I hope for him to be successful. And if he's not successful, you're like, damn. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and I, I think, you know, be also being on the other side because of, like, I want to give people what he gave to me, which was an opportunity or even, like, a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Facts. And I've given that opportunity to other people. I, I never talk about this stuff. Like, I have DMs with people that reach out to me like, hey, I'm barely getting into consecration, but I don't know how much to charge. I don't know how to start this, this, and that. I'm like, bro, like, Bam, bam, bam. Give them the whole breakdown, and they're like, "Yo, I landed that contract." Or, "Yo, I landed this deal." You know, so those are the things that I internally make me happy. That stuff that never goes on social media, but those are the exact same things that I want to be able to give back to my community because I know the impact that he had on me. So, how do you how do you give that time to people? So, I I try to give it to as many people as I can, but the moment that I start seeing that they're not doing anything with it, I detach. Right. Because there's a commitment and a level of sacrifice that it takes that it took for me to get to where I am. Right. It was a lot of pain. It was a lot of struggle. It was a lot of uh, tough times, a lot of, you know, moments where it was painful. Right. Yeah. And if you're not willing to go through that pain on your own independently, I can't do that for you. You know, so if I know that you don't have the work ethic and the commitment to like go through what you need to go through in order to become that version that you say you want to become, like, I'm not going to carry you there. You know, I can't. Force a water. I mean, force a, how do you say it? Like, force to drink water. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that's the reality. Like, I'll give people the benefit of the doubt, and I'm like, yo, like, let me help you out. So are you good with losing people? 100%. At, at this point in my life, I'm great at losing people faster. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of times we try to hold on to people as long as we can because we're like, ah, oh, well, this person kind of meant something to me. Ah, oh, this person kind of... You know, we share a little a little thing here and there. But the reality is that the longer that you prolong that, the longer that you're holding yourself back and hurting yourself. The faster that you're able to let go, and if people want to step up and then maybe catch on later down the road, then let it happen. But I think one of the things that I wasted a lot of time and effort and 
just internal peace was trying to save people or take people through a door that was only meant to fit me. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. What the? Oh my god, <laughs> bro! Oh my gosh! You're like that's me. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, bro. it's like I take it to consideration. Like, man, well, this person was there for me when I needed it, mm-hmm. but then along my journey, that was it. Yeah, there's nothing in return. Yeah, there, and it's not like you can't expect to be it. It can never be financially. Yeah. It can never be financially. People will give in order when they want to give, but it was one of it's like one it's a trending TikTok that's happening. But uh, you wanted me to save you when you needed saving, but when I needed you, you were not. You were never mm. around. Hundred percent. So how can I save you? Mm. How do you want me to be that for you when you were not that for me? Mm. It's not your fault. Maybe that's just how you you were built in a sense yeah but i know what i need and what i want in my life right people are going to come and go whenever whenever the time comes yeah there are chapters in your life and in those chapters characters got to be replaced or gone and it is what it is mm-hmm. we said this it was just last week mm-hmm. just because i am here now and you're not there it doesn't mean it's my fault mm-hmm. what did you do in order not to be here anymore mm-hmm. i wanted to bring you I wanted you to be along my journey the whole time. Yep. But what did you do in order not to be here, bro? Like, it's not my fault you're yeah. this. Yep. And people start blaming, dog. Like, yeah. I hate it. Because it's easier to blame than to take fault for it. Responsibility for it, you know? You know? Yeah. Like, the, the, last thing, the last thing people want to do is take responsibility for their actions. 100%. Or the reason they fucked up or for the reason that they're not there with you in that position. Yeah. And it's, is I mean, we're not going to bullshit ourselves. It's easier that way. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and I and I think the the str- the challenge with that too is because a lot of the times like, you know, it's like if you're coming to me now that I'm this version of myself, like why? You know? And it yes. might not, and so a lot of times it maybe it might not be that they just want what you have or to a shortcut to to that, right? Yeah. But at the same time it, as you having gone through your process, you're like why now? It's- like I was the exact same person like before my environment changed, I was already this. Yeah. So why are you now changed. showing love yeah. until my environment changed? Yeah. I think what you I know? tell every what I used to tell a lot of people was like, do better and see who's around you. Mm. Right? Like right now, if we had nothing to offer, no, you know, maybe who, whoever's around us. But when we changed scenarios, everybody wanted to be around mm. us. When I got when I moved out of my parents, everybody wanted to come around. When I did this and, and different accolades that are just happening, now people want to come around. Mm. Well, where were you when yep. there was nothing? Yep. When I was, it was still the same person. Yep. It was just a dream. Mm-hmm. I was the same person. I get people now <clears throat> like, oh, yeah, bro. Like, he's always been motivational and always been this. Where were you? Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, and for the people that don't know, and I'm sure you know this, you don't need to tag somebody mm -hmm. anymore in mm -hmm. order to know if they reposted you. Yep. I hate the fact where they just show, hey, man, I believe in congratulations. I always knew you had this. Mm. Is it because I had this person on or is it because I'm here now? Yep, yep. Is it That's because it you want to be around me now? Mm. Because if you weren't around me when I was struggling, you can't be around here when I'm on my two feet. Mm. You cannot. You, did, you don't deserve that. Mm. Only people that deserve that when there are the people that are in the trenches with Facts. me. Right? When this wasn't here, who was with me? Yep. I had the same people. Mm -hmm. Right? And the people that are not here, they, they had different journeys. Yep. I don't blame you. I can't blame you. I can't be mad, bro. There's, There's no resentment, but it's like they can't also expect yeah, this for and it to be. I think me and you can, we, we can like uh, relate. relate to this, dog. Like there's nothing in me left to feel something for somebody else. Yep. I can't. It's gone. I, it's gone, bro. Yep. I can't be mad. I can't be angry. I can't, give you, I can't give you this, re like, that energy on myself anymore. Yep. I cannot. Everything is invested over here, and everything that I once had to give up, I it, it got lost. Mm. I lost everything. Same. I can't no more. So if you're mad for whatever reason, bro, that's you. I can't fight. Yep. Only fight I got left is with my kids and myself. Yep, it's true. Uh, and it's crazy that you say that because you're super fucking spot on. Like, I literally feel the same way. It's like, I no longer have that guilt. Yeah. That I no longer have that, like... I got to go out of my way for people or I got to prove to people that I am a nice person or that I am a good person or that this, this, and this, like yeah. that's gone. That version of me, bro, is gone. Out the window. Like out the window. Like unless somebody that I see me like, man, this person's like really trying or this and that, then maybe. Right. But in terms of me being a savior for other people, it's gone. Yeah. You can't, you can't save everybody. You can't, bro. You can't help everybody. There's a quote that says saviors get crucified, you know, and the, and it's so powerful because it's like you're going to go through a period of time where you're going to try and save people because of your level of awareness. And now that you know better, you think that others should do better as well. Right. But since they don't have that perspective and they haven't been in your shoes to be able to understand that, they're never going to connect with you. So the more that you try to help, you try to save, you try to empower and, and bring people along your journey, the more that you're actually detaching from them because they are not that. You know, as because your your world just changed, yeah. but theirs is still the same. Christ. You know, there was a a person in my life that, let's say we we grew apart for maybe like let's say two years, right? We weren't talking, but I had a lot of love for that person, right? So within that two years, I grew a lot mentally. Uh, my awareness grew, my perspective. I was very understanding, more aware, right? A completely different person. And so two years passed, and then this person and I kind of started talking again, right? And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like two years passed, you know, maybe maybe he's different, you know? Like maybe we both uh, grew, and now we're more mature. Now we're both more aware, and, you know, we'll be able to move forward and have a better friendship. Went back to that, literally a month in, bam, again, same person, you know? But it's like, it, and that really painted a picture for me and it made me realize that it doesn't matter how much I grow, that doesn't mean that other people are growing as well. And that has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with possessions. It has nothing to do with that. It's just awareness. It's personal. It's a personal development. It's, you know? It has nothing to do with me anymore. Mm, at all. 
<laughs> that thing was the thing that allowed me to let go of that version of me that was trying to save people. Mm. Right. Because just because I, like, again, like I said, just because I grew, that doesn't mean that everybody else is or that everybody else wants to. And yeah. a lot of, a lot of people are just like, bro, obviously you're, you have way more following than me. You have way more following than him. Been in the, uh, been in the game long. A lot of people just, and I'm pretty sure you heard this before. Hey, you changed a lot, dude. Yeah. It's like, no, I have not changed a lot. A lot has changed me, bro. Mm. You know? That's a bar. A lot has changed me. Yep. And Damn, that's a bar. <laughs> that's a, that's it's a, a fucking bar. bar. And that's a clip. Yeah. <laughs> you said it, it's personal, bro. Yeah. I mean, things that affect me don't affect you, and I have to change in order yeah. to adapt to those situations. To survive. Know? Exactly. And it comes back to what you said with your family. Your family teach you how to survive, bro. Yep. And I relate to you a lot because I'm first generation here, dude. Same. And my parents taught me how to survive. Mm. You know, there's been moments where my parents survive on $20 a fucking week. Mm -hmm. And we stretch those $20 as much as we fucking can. Mm. But they put, us in, they put us in that position where like, all right, survive off $20, survive off $20, survive yep. off $20. 100%. And it's like the moment you're trying to grow and get into somewhere better, they're like, no, you have to survive off $20. Yeah. And it's like you're trying to teach them like, yo, that's not the way to go. But you can't blame them because that's, that's what they know. That's yeah. what they know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's true. just like, bro. One of my first risks that I took was uh, buying a Mercedes when I could barely afford it. It was a $600 payment, bro. And I was working at a bakery making maybe twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300. bought a Benz? I bought a Benz. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, but because during that He's time, the of the year right my there. son, my, my daughter was just born, right? And so our car was unreliable. So it's like, how am I gonna have my how am I gonna have my daughter, my baby, in an unreliable car, right? So I'm gonna be driving around and then it doesn't start, and now I have to be hired, calling a tow truck with my baby. Like hell no, you know. It's like I'm either gonna buy another unreliable car that can potentially break down and go through this and spend money there, or I'm much rather just take the hit every single month, knowing that that car is reliable, and even though it's costing me more, but. I know that it's going to get me from it's point A to point B, B. and I'm never going to have to struggle with my daughter or my, my kid's yeah. mom is never going to have to struggle with the car just randomly stopping, right? Yeah. And again, people are like, why? Why? Why are you doing this? Just Hondita. go buy a Toyota, go buy this, you know? But that's conditioning. <laughs> that's conditioning. That's conditioning because, to the bare minimum, bro. And yes, exactly. Because they know that if you have that type of car, you'll be able to survive, right? Without realizing that Going up above from that, it stretches you to now have the awareness and the confidence level to be like, yeah. I can survive at this level now. And it's you it's know? not it's not so much. I, I know what you're saying. It's not so much of surviving at this level. Is living, bro. Living. You're living at that literally, bro. Time. You're not surviving. You're switching from surviving you're to living. Living, dude. Yep. Is... And you're not going too much off of like fucking Rolls Royce now or nothing. Mm. You're living. Yep. Yeah, what, what it, I'm gonna blow your mind, right? <laughs> my client. Never rolls race in the garage. I need. <laughs> oh, shit, I fucking need next goal. next year. <laughs> no, um, shout out to Marcus. He's one of my clients, but he's also somebody that I look up to and somebody that I consider my mentor. Right? Uh -huh. He said, "Us as like uh, the minority. Let's say the the bar of to start is right here. Us as Mexicans as blacks, we start here." So we have mm -hmm. to crawl and fight just to get to the bare minimum. You know what I mean? Pretty and much that, right. like, I was like, oh, shit. I didn't think about that. And that goes to what you were saying. It's like, this is survival. 
Yeah. This right here is starting to live. Yes. You know, anything further that that's living. But we first have to crawl out of this, which is what we're known to. And even once we start climbing up a little bit, we're like, oh, no, no, this is weird. Like, I got to go back down. You know, psychologically, we condition ourselves to come back down because even though it might be shitty, we know that we can survive we in can a survive. shitty situation. We're, we're comfortable we're there. We're comfortable there. We understand how to sacrifice and survive and barely, you know, get, and get by. The, the thing about that is exactly what you were saying. We have to go up to that level. Yeah. And for society, for our people is that's not just the bare minimum. That's mm-hmm. getting to live. To live, to start. But for everything else, yeah. especially in this country now that everything is freaking expensive, yeah. that's the bare minimum for them. Yeah. But for us, it's like, damn, we're making it out of there for once at well, least. One of the, the – how do I say this? Because it's going to sound really fucking arrogant, and I don't want it to sound Say arrogant. it, fuck it. Just- Man. Yeah, so going back to kind of what we were talking about, I think one of the moments that I, that I realized that I was – that everything had changed for me was when I realized that I can just walk into like a grocery store and just grab whatever I wanted without like having to worry about the price. That little thing just changed everything. And being able to go to the gas station and fill up my tank completely every single time. Oh man, that's like that for me has impacted and shifted more than anything else. Even and let's take it even further. When you're excuse me, even when your kids when they want something. You don't gotta look at the price. One hundred percent. You know, and one of the one of the things, even like my dad, my dad implemented was like, wherever you're at, you're in a. My biggest thing, you go on a trip. I don't want to budget. Mm. I don't want to look at price tags. I don't wanna look at prices. You want it? You want to do it? We're here Let's one do time, it. dog. One hundred percent. Why not live? Why not live in the moment? Live in the truth. Like you've worked so hard for. Why don't you deserve this? Yep. Right. And he taught me that. So even now, I may be struggling a little bit or when the situations happen, but when my son wants something, bro, I've worked my ass off, bro. Here you bro. go. My, we understand this, and this is going to be a clip. My kids will never feel anything I had to go through mm. and will never feel the struggles I had to go through mm. because their their dad will lead them into a better situation and Facts. prepare them for it. Facts. They're going to have their own situations. It's not neglect the obvious. It's it's life. It's going to happen. Always. But I can promise you that they would not feel one thing that I felt personally. I would mm. not put that on them. Exactly. It's so There's, much, dog. You know, you, you hit that shit spot on because one of the things that um, I would always tell my kid's mom is like, I don't care about what I'm wearing. I don't care about none of that. But the moment that you... Or my kids need anything, I want that shit to be at your feet. Yeah. You know, and that's my mentality. That's the that's my love. Yeah. You know? So when earlier when I was talking about how like my love language is like sacrificing myself, that's what I meant. Bro, like, like uh it was like two weeks ago, my son's birthday week. So usually like you pay for comfort, mm-hmm. right? You pay yeah, for Yeah, literally. So when they ask us about a haircut, I pay sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. I get appointment, I get Good haircut. I get treated good. That's it. My son got a haircut that week, and it was a different barber. But shout out Aldo, one of my guys. Just because it was my son doesn't mean I give him I give him less. Mm. It's his price, and I still give him a tip. And then my son gets expensive because he was, the only reason I got him into a haircut yeah. was like, I'm going to buy you a toy after this. Yeah. There goes another $20, $30. Mm-hmm. There's those 60 yeah. Budgeting. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not spending 60 on me this week. I'm spending 60 on you. You need it more than mm. I do. Or I want to ex- 
I want you to experience it more than I want. I to. want you to feel good and look yeah. good for your yeah. birthday because I know I would do the same, mm. right? And I think there at this point now where this show is ending is there's no there's no limit to what we will do for our loved ones, for our kids, 100%. for our family, for our friends. Facts, right? bro. Mm-hmm. Like here, if we got to give up, whatever we got to give up, without a with, without a doubt. Yep. True. Kevin Gates says it best, bro. I'm that I am that sacrificial lamb. Of, I love you, bro. <laughs> Facts. That's why I've been listening to him a lot lately. Call me at he's, three in the morning. Yeah, I'm up. Yep. I, I'll die for you. I'll yep. kill for you, dog. Yep. Like, it's true, bro. That's what it is. And people don't understand, bro. Give your people a hug. Tell them I love you, whether you're guys or girls, and you'll understand what that means. Mm. You understand who you're going to ride with. Mm. You may not like this person next to me, but I love him and I ride with him mm. no matter what happens. Mm. And some people don't know what that love is. because yeah. That's first, a different type of love because it's a painful love. At first sign of turning your back on them, they'll do it. Mm. Nah, bro, let's go through the gutters. Let's yeah. go through the trenches, it's whatever true. the case is, dog. Bro, I agree with you 100 fuck percent. Like, it's ev- funny how you sent me the video and I'm like, are you listening to Kevin Gates? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to him a lot because a lot of the shit that he says is so accurate, you know? Like, one of the things that I always think about, it's like, um, for example, like my daughter, like she's, her perspective of life is so fucking different, bro. She's like, daddy, I want this. I'm like, all right, let's go get it. You know, daddy, I want-. I'm not saying that I give her everything because I don't want her to be spoiled yeah but at the same time it's like her level of perspective is so different you know like her when she talks about wanting something she's like i want a house i never even fucking thought about that when i was a kid i just wanted a toy <laughs> and if if that you know what i mean yeah. her thing i was like mama what do you want for your birthday she's like i want to go to hawaii like her level of awareness and perspective <laughs> it's at a different ball game you know what i mean i'm like yeah. i couldn't even think about a house or think about a I trip a chuck and cheese so dog. Yeah, I mean, wheels or so. <laughs> yeah you know my my daughter wants starbucks like all these things that i'm like i was okay my mom bought me fucking tampico you know what I mean? My mom put, put me a fuck. If I got lucky and luxurious if I got a lunch bowl. The great value orange juice. Hey, if I showed up to elementary with hot Cheetos and fucking sandwich, I was a fucking bomb. Yeah, it's true. Hey, I swear to God, I remember when when like when 50 Cent came out with shoes, the Hurricanes. Bro, I all had the G unit. I had the Hurricanes on my feet. Bro, <laughs> I was lit. But I was still fat, though. It wasn't cool. It wasn't cool, kid. It wasn't cool, kid. <laughs> Not gonna lie. You know, more of the story is you can fake it, but you can't make it. <laughs> but I was yeah, in, bro. I was, I was in elementary fucking with Payless shoes, dog. Bro. Hey, but hey. bro, Payless shoes are expensive now, bro. You're talking oh, like now they are 60 bucks. I had, one, I had one of one of the uh, people the other day was like, because I was wearing my dunks and like, bro, I like, they're, to me, they're just shoes, right? Like, they're just shoes. And I was just like, bending down and they were like dude why would you bend your shoes I'm like watch this bending them again dude why would you cause they're shoes bro people like, people hold too much value to materialistic I was, position I was like don't get me wrong I know there's certain shoes that hold a lot of value and can make you more money I was like but when you're like me and you know you buy shoes every so often I was like I the reason I do this to my shoes is cause I wear them on my feet right I wear them all day but I know I can buy more if I wanted to. That's the part. 
I can buy more if I really wanted to. People take care of this because they know they can't get no more. Like, bro, if you if you leave these cameras in the lobby and don't get them back, I'm gonna beat someone <laughs> yeah. up for it. <laughs> he looks at me. <laughs> I left the camera once yeah. before, bro. We got a call from it when we're at it. She goes, "Hey, um, did you guys leave anything?" I was like, "No, why? Did you?" Any chance to leave a camera? I left that I'm camera like, right there. For, I, I left like, it in the car. Um, I think so. Uh, can you describe it? And I described it. Yeah, it's right here for you. I just looked at him like, okay. I'm going to put you on camera now. There's a insurance company called Next Insurance for like videographers and content creators, right? So let's say, for example, you're coming here, right? You know you're here. You'll put on the insurance my address, uh -huh. and if something was to happen to your cameras, like let's say somebody trips over and the camera drops, the lens breaks, everything, they'll pay you for it. And like you're, it's super inexpensive. I need to do this. If you lose it, if you're, let's say you come here and somebody breaks into your car and it gets stolen, it's covered. Yeah. Oh yeah, he this motherfucker is somewhere no, always breaking <laughs> He has the worst. Yeah. And well, let, let's put it. Do you have your in your in your in your vehicle? Do you have your windows tinted? I don't. No. But it's because I'm on the. Okay. Car. That guy never has windows tinted, and it's always oh, yeah. got broken into. Yeah. Same. Well, I just same, never leave same. shit in there either way. Mine's That's a fish. Mine's a fucking fishbowl. Like I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no. Nah. I really don't give a fuck. First but, of all, what the? I'm not even doing anything in there. That's like just, I think one I don't of the, want people to one see. One of the quotes that like Kevin Gates has said, and to end it on that one is, uh, they asked him like, "How are you feeling?" He was like, "I'm fighting for my life right now." Mm. And you don't know what that feels like, but when you do, you'll realize like where I'm at. Fuck. Like that's it, bro. Like how you feeling, bro? I'm fighting for my life. I don't know if I'll be good today. I don't know if tomorrow will be promised, but I'm doing the best that I can. Mm. However that however that comes, right? Mm. So I was like, damn, bro. And I've listened to this, and I tell her, it's like, maybe you don't like his music, but listen to his interviews. Yeah, he's, he's love, super like, intelligent. You'll, you'll understand what that all means. Yeah. But we came into like a whole new segment, and I thank everybody for commenting and their questions. Ooh, questions, um, questions. One of the ones this time... What do you think of society's of society's idea of what a man should be? That wasn't you today. Hey, you know how you? He said that we were ending, bro. Well, they should just open up a can of worms. You know what I mean? We'll go get ready for the thirty more minutes. <laughs> yeah, bro. Honestly, ah, bro, this is such a powerful topic, and the reason being is because I'm gonna be straight up with you. Before Andrew Tate came into the picture, I was so conditioned by the woke. Uh, culture, yeah. right? Obviously, I'm accepting and 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 I respect everybody and the way that they choose to live their lives. So I have no problem against anybody, right? But I was getting so conditioned, bro, to like being weak, to being like emotional, to being like I don't know, like I was. It just wasn't me, you know. Like, yeah. and until Andrew Tate came into the picture and he started saying, I'm not saying that I agree with everything that he says, but. He has a great point. I think as as men, we are meant to suffer. As we are meant to sacrifice and struggle and go through hardships to become the best version of ourselves, right? Like th think about what I was telling you earlier. I come from being somebody that felt worthless. My my brother passed away. My my dad was never in the picture. My mom tried to commit suicide. Um, I was bullied throughout middle school, high school, everything, right? So this whole entire, my half of my life 
I just felt worthless, like a nobody, like I didn't even matter, right? I know my mom's situation was different because I can only, I don't ever want to know what it's like to lose a child, right? Yeah. That's an unbearable pain that I don't even know if I can handle, right? But me processing that, I felt like I wasn't worth anything, right? Until I snapped and I realized that I can develop myself to being who I wanted to be, to be somebody of value, to sacrifice, to be disciplined, to build my character, to build my confidence, um, to be the man that I want to be, to be at the level of status that I want to be. That's when life really started getting fun for me because I realized that everything, it's kind of, it's kind of like a video game. You know what I mean? It's like you get to level up the harder you fight. You're going to go and you're going to fight the boss of let's say level two and he might fuck you up, but then you're going to come back and then you're going to beat him up. You're going to find the different strategies. You're going to find the different way to, get around and like dodge a couple punches and, you know, get better jabs or better combos. And that's just how life is, you know? And I think a lot of the times, like right now, like I, I was saying earlier, everybody's trying to lower that bar of greatness to create equality. There's no such thing as equality at all. It doesn't matter. Like we, we do all have the equal opportunity to become who we want to be, but that's about it. You know what I mean? Like there's no other way from, taking away from hard work, dedication, discipline, consistency, sacrifice, tears, years, all that, you know? And we have to be embracing and accepting of heart of life's harsh realities, not try to lower the bar of greatness. And if you feel insecure about things that you, I, like, if I'm your boy, I'd be like, bro, like, you better fucking step the fuck up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no other, if I baby you, I'm only feeding into your depression, yeah. I'm only feeding into your weakness. Yeah. I'm only feeding into you going downhill. And the only reason I feel like only only reason people <clears throat> feed into that and give you give those people that is because they don't want them to become the better version of themselves because the better version of themselves may not include them in the picture. A hundred percent. People are so scared of letting of losing people. Yeah. And they don't like I don't want you to be better because better might be that I'm not there no more. Bro. And, and it's going to happen. Yeah. But I've had friendships throughout the years where the moment that I take that next step to that level up, they're like crawling to like hold on to me. You know what I mean? And it might it might be in a way of like them trying to say like trying to like make you feel bad. Oh, yeah. you don't you don't hang out with me no more. Oh, you don't you know, you don't you don't text me no more or you don't do this anymore. It's like, bro, like I'm if you have access to me, know that everything that I go and I get access to you have access to. But if in your mind you can't see that, I can't save you. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you, like, handhold you. I'm like, bro, come on, come on, come on. It's not going to happen. It's like, yo, if, like, me and you are, like, grinding, right? And if I, I open this door that I'm like, fuck, this door can change my life so much, you have access to that, right? And if you can't see that, I shouldn't have to tell you that you have access to that. Based on our relationship and on our friendship, you should know that. Based on my character, based on the, the you know the the tightness that you have with me, you should know that if that if I open that door, that means that you have access to that door too. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, people see that when you have access to a specific door, that means that oh, they're getting left behind. When in reality, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. But it's based on that specific person's character, not who I am as a person. Yeah, that could be, this could be a whole new podcast right there. Yeah. It's a lot of going to there. You know? Yeah. Um, so there's another question, and I think this one fits really good for you, for you right now. How often do you give yourself the flowers you deserve? I think 
But where's that moment where, where like, you got to sit back? Because it's a double-edged sword, you know? Because, like, how I was saying earlier, like, there's going to be moments where you, when you, when you get a win, and now you're celebrating, you're doing extra things, you're spending more money on this, you're going out more, you're forgetting what got you there in the first place. Yeah. You lose sight of that, nice. right? And so I think Conor McGregor said this, like, you, you go to sleep with a win, you wake up with a loss. And I take that shit to heart, bro, because it's true. It's like me being here, I could be going out partying every single day, you know, doing this, this, and that. But no, what got me here, like, I need to fucking work even harder yeah. because now I'm here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. I, I'm, I think the better word or the better way to say it is to just be more graceful with yourself mm-hmm. instead of um, stopping and smelling the roses or whatever, you know? Like, I think there's a... a a big, I don't know how to say this, bro. Like, we all want to, we all want to celebrate too early. If and and a lot of times, like that's what limits your growth and your potential because now you make mistakes. Now you start losing sight of, you know, the the goals and the directions that you're trying to head into. And and my client said this to me the other day when we were talking. Is like, you, the reason why I never stop is because the moment that I stop, now. The, all the people that I employ could lose. Now all the people that I feed won't have the ability to feed their family. Now all the people that I impact are not going to be able to be impacted, you know? And it's okay to celebrate, but just don't overindulge yeah, in it. There's a time frame. It's there's a time, a time frame. frame. It's like, cool, like I'll celebrate it, bam, get back to work. Yeah, like, yeah, just, even just in coaching, we want to play off yesterday. Celebrate right now, bro, but as soon as we get wake up tomorrow, come come at 5 p.m., we're back to you know who said this that show was like mind blowing to me Kobe Bryant somebody says like oh you made it to the league or you made it to this and that and he's like aren't you happy he's like what's there to celebrate job being finished job being done yeah job you being know? finished and and that that is it right like think about everything you're doing be happy be grateful but just know hey if you got this far what else can what else can you 100%. do that's the beauty of the journey and one, I think this one's a good one. I think we can all relate here. Is what do what do damn? Some people gotta gotta English crash. Right? <laughs> 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 no, I'll read it how it is. What do when Hispanic parents are the main source of your bad mental health? So, Oof. what do you do when your Hispanic parents are the main source of your bad mental health? Oh, that one. I mean, a good one. That's a good one. Um, what do you do when your Hispanic parents are, are the main source of your mental First health? First of all, I think, personally, you forgive them because mm-hmm. they didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my parents have told me stories about their parents and their parents were abusive to them. Mm-hmm. And they only know how to raise a child a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I forgive them and I don't blame them for what they did to me before. Stuff because it's like that's the only way you learn how to raise a kid. So, first of all, you forgive them no matter what. Yeah, I agree. Second of all, you try to give them the life that they never really got because they were never really, they they were not really kids, you know, bro. Especially my parents. I mean, my parents are from DF, the city of Mexico. You gotta fucking learn how to survive in there, bitch. You know, you gotta learn how to survive. You don't, you don't live a childhood like any other. You yeah. know. Yeah, I had so, um. To add on to that, 
you know, one, I was resentful for a period of time with my mom because she was always very explosive, very reactive, you know? And the thing that I would do wrong, she's like, it's un pendejo, like this, this, and that. So I'm like, Damn. you know? So it, like, I grew up like, I'm like, my mom fucking thinks I'm a loser. You know what I mean? And so, but now as I'm older, I'm like, damn, I can, I can't even fathom what it was like to lose a child. Your husband leaves you. Um, like, you got to take care of your only son now. You don't make a lot of money. You're renting people's rooms. You're living in garages. You're going outside of churches, um, asking for food. Like, like, think what that does to you as a parent. You know, and and that gave me the perspective to be like, it was never that my mom didn't love me and it was never that my mom wanted to hurt my feelings, but it was just her only way of survival, her only way of expressing what she was going True. through. Like if it was leaking onto me, her child, somebody that she loves and she would have given her life for, I can only imagine what her internal was. True. You know, and that's the part that a lot of times as children of that type of generation of parents, we don't stop and think. We all make, we make it about ourselves. We make mm -hmm. it about, oh, my dad talks to me this way or my mom isn't loving or my mom is in affection. Like your mom is teaching you how to survive. Your dad is teaching you and giving you the skills to go through life, right? And one of the key things that I, um, like that you said that I want to add to where it's like, give them a better life. The moment that I saw my mom genuinely be stress-free, happy, worry-free for the last let's say 20 years was when we were in Santorini in a pool she was laughing with my daughter she was tickling my sister um like I've never seen my mom like that you know and we've you know gone to places and taken trips but that was the only time that I've ever seen my mom really just enjoy life you know aside from that she's always just very uptight very stressed very anxious very like you know like in an adrenaline rush consistently you know and so i think as as children of that generation we have to understand that it's not that they want to treat us that way it's just that's all they know they didn't know any better you know it's like yeah. imagine like how i was talking about earlier about a man's masculinity rights to be able to provide imagine your father knowing that he's a man and he should be the provider. He should be giving you ex this lifestyle as your, as a child, as his wife. And he can't because he, he can't get out of his environment of his situation. Imagine how stressful, how, how much weight that's on your shoulders, how depressing that can be. Right. So what's going to be the natural reaction for them to, if you fuck up, you're, Cause you gotta realize something. If you fuck up, if you fuck up in school, or if you fuck up in life, and yeah. you go to jail, or some shit like that happens, guess who is affected? Yeah. Your father, your mother, and they're barely surviving. And so anything that, that adds on to more of that stress and that responsibility, Fast. how do you expect them to react? Yeah. And they gotta get you out of that. And now you're putting them in a worse situation. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And if you tell your parents like, "Oh, you don't love me. Oh, you don't do this." You don't spend time with me. Like, what do you think that's doing? That's making them feel like even more of a miserable parent. I think the, to end on that, it's like, and I've realized this with, like, with the younger generation is we tend to blame our parents for what we're living through right now. And even as grown adults, you got to realize something. Your parents are not at fault for the way you're living because mm -mm. now it's your choice. Yep. You have an opportunity. You have a choice to make. 
And it's up to you to go get what you want. You want a nice car? You want a nice house? You want a nice living spot? You want it's your not your space? parents' responsibility. Go ahead. It's not your parents' responsibility to pay your car note and your rent. Mm-hmm. It's not. And and if you're literally not doing anything to make yourself in a better situation, bro, stop complaining. Yep. In better term, terms, just shut the fuck up. For real. Hey, you shut up, get to work, put your head down and keep going. Yep. Stop going out with your friends on the weekends and wasting all the money you don't have. Stop doing this. Stop doing everything that's setting you back. If you got to stay in one one weekend and make yourself better, why not, bro? 100%. And I feel like that's kind of like uh, kind of bringing back to like the whole toxic masculinity aspect of things, right? We we want to – society right now is like, oh, like you should be babied or you should be understood or you yeah. should be – there's like, fuck no. Like you're mad. a grown-ass adult. Like, like there's, the fuck there's – I'll give you the – I'll give you the nice side of it, right? Like, I'll be sensitive to what you're saying. I understand. But at the end of this conversation, I want to hear what's the solution. Mm. What do you got planned in order for us to get out of this? Mm. You got nothing planned? I don't want to hear it no more. Yep. Stop it there, dog. Yep. Like, you can't. It's a team effort. Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. complain for fucking 10, 10 hours and 10 days over the same topic when it's not changing. Mm. Change it now. Yep. Why not now? Why not tomorrow? Yep. If you take 24 hours, take 24 hours. Fuck it. But make sure when the time you wake up again, it's a new opportunity. And I posted this other just the other day. Just because yesterday was bad doesn't mean today it could be that. Mm-hmm. It could be better if you want. Hundred percent. So stop. Leave all your problems back there. Back there and start off fresh now. Mm. Um, I love quotes. I know everybody Same. on on TikTok, IG, and everybody loves <sighs> quotes. You gotta hit us with one. Sheesh. Why I feel, I feel you, like you got a good one. Bro. Yeah. I feel like, like, I feel a, like back a, there, back this there, is if you reach out. This whole, this whole amazing podcast, bro. This whole amazing show. I love discipline, right? And I'm always going to relate everything back to that. I don't want to be motivational. I don't want to be inspirational. I think the best quote that I can give anybody right now is that you're only as good as your bad habits. And that translates to everything else. It's like, if you don't have the life that you want, it's because of you. If you don't have the body that you want, it's because of you. If you don't have the lifestyle, the success, the platform, the status, the social media following, whatever success means to you, it all has to do with you and your bad habits. God damn, bro. Well, I think it's time to eat. <laughs> some tacos. Give me some tacos, right my now. guy. I, I I tried to give you flowers earlier, but I know right now it's the time. I want to appreciate you for allowing us into your space, into your life, and allowing us to share these stories with everybody listening, man. And we've some of us have only gotten to know you for the last couple hours. I got to know you for the last month, month and a half, and. Dude, you are a very motivational, inspirational person, even without you trying. Mm-hmm. Your platform, your work ethic, your way of being inspires others that are watching to even try to mimic something like that. And, dude, you're doing everything correct, dog. Whatever whatever anybody says, whatever people have said, bro, you are amazing. You're, you're that person. And as Kevin Gates said, bro, you're him. Hey, I appreciate you, bro. Take exactly. us like podcast. Make sure you subscribe and share this. And you stay tuned for the next one, man. We out. Good shit. Good shit. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. I don't even know if you can post this. I don't even know if you can post this.
Let's do it.